Good morning, family. How are you all doing? Good. You are here this morning. So congratulate yourself on that. Even though it's such a long weekend and it's a wonderful time. And uh, how, was, how many of you just were surprised by that storm we had last night? That's like, where are we living now? What's happened? Well, it's so great to be together this morning and to be here as a community. And welcome to those that are joining us online and on the radio. It's such a privilege just to come together. Um, before I introduce our speakers for today, I do want to say welcome to Gerben and Mika also that are with us in the service this morning. As many of you will, will know them as long-standing members of our community and staff members and leaders in our community. They now reside in Holland, but this is still home. Amen? Amen. They say so. so. Well, we're really privileged to have dear friends of this community, of Natasha and myself personally, also with us here this morning, and that's Pastor Stuart and Irene Bell. Many of, many of you will know them. They have been leading the Ground Level Network for more than 40 years um, as well as the live church for more than 30 years, as far as I understand. Um, but one of the hallmarks of Stuart and Irene is not just their ministry, but it's their family. they parents to three grown-up children with six grandchildren, and we know them all, we've met them, and they all serve and involved in the church, love the Lord, and so there's a long-standing testimony of just a family of, of just good health and good standing, and we honor you for that also. Stuart and Irene ministers in many parts of the world and are also very involved nationally in the UK on many leaders' forums. And uh, Stuart seems to be a person that can bring from people from different streams together and create a space for people to be able to build the kingdom and focus on the kingdom things. But Stuart and Irene has been here many, many times. I think the first time they came to South Africa was 1995, roundabout. So we don't know how many trips they've done here. And uh, they've been such a, uh, an encouragement, such a help to our community over so many years. And Pastor Stewart is going to be sharing the word with us. So can I ask you to give him a great Hatfield welcome this morning as he shares the word with us. Welcome, Stuart. Go for it. Great. Thank you so much. The privilege actually is ours. We are really blessed to be here. And Pastor Louis and Natasha have just been speaking in our conference back in the UK, and they did a great job. And they're a real gift to the body of Christ. Well, it is a real privilege to be back uh, among friends, and uh, it's a delight actually to be able to come and share today. And so I want to speak on the power of perseverance. I think we're in that stage of time where it's important that we just keep on moving forward. It would be quite easy after some of the pressures that we've been through across the world to kind of back off slightly, to put church on the back burner, perhaps to think of small things and family things as important as that is. And uh, certainly across the UK, there's been a little bit of a pull away from gatherings. And I'm here to say that it is important that we meet in small group and it is important that we invest in family, but I also believe it's important to gather. It's that picture we've heard this morning, actually, of uh, salt, which is scattered, and light, which is gathered, and I believe that the gathering is also very, very important, so I'm honored to be able to share today. You know, we often begin things really well. Uh, maybe you can reflect on the first day you became a Christian. Everything changed. Uh, it was like in full color. And you determined in your life you're going to serve the Lord forever. 
And then after a period of time, challenges come, burdens come. And in fact, Jesus talked about that in the seeds that were sown. And it's not always easy, is it, when you're going through pressures, individual pressures, family pressures, church fam family pressures. It's not always easy to keep persevering. And so I feel the word today that I want to bring, I want to encourage you, if I possibly can, to keep going on, to keep persevering. You know, it's important to start well. It's also important to finish well. And I'm getting to that age now where I say, Lord, help me to finish well. Uh, Irene often talks about the middle part. I think the first part, we're strong. You know, we want to complete things strong. But Irene talks about the wobbly bit in the middle. And sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? It feels as though sometimes there are the pressures of life that can hold us down. And so being persistent in faith, I think, is very important. You will know the principle that dripping water hollows out stone, not through force, but through persistence. So the water drips and drips and drips and hollows out the hardest of areas over a period of time. And of course, when we entered into the Christian uh, walk or race, it is a long-term thing, it's a life thing. And therefore, how we react and how we respond, sometimes it's the small things, day after day after day. If we get them right, then things can change. And that persistence actually brings an effect and an impact in our lives. And I want to say, just turning up, is very important. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing if the day we didn't turn up, something really special happened? I can imagine in the ministry of Jesus, there were certain people that missed things, didn't they? They weren't in the right place at the right time. And I've always thought in my own life, I want to pursue the presence of God as best I can now, I know we have to balance these things because when I was brought up, it was death by meetings. You know, we had so many meetings. I remember having to go five times on a Sunday at one point. Not a great principle. But it is that ongoing, persistent, step by step, walking with God that is important. And turning up, I believe, is important. You see, to persevere doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. There will be many mistakes that we make Someone said, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And sometimes perspective is important. It's important we keep a good perspective on life and that we learn from the scriptures, by the Holy Spirit and in fellowship together. So let me give you a little bit of a definition to this word perseverance. I went to my dictionary, it says, doing something despite difficulty or delay. Do you find delay sometimes a problem? I think sometimes there are God-given delays where faith can build, but we don't always hang on long enough. Doing something despite difficulty or delay, resolute and unyielding, holding on in following a course of action. There is also a theological picture here for the power of persistence. Continuance in a state of grace to the end, leading to eternal salvation. It's a very, very sad thing when people opt out of the race. I have to say that certain people 
that uh, I looked to in ministry are no longer in church today. Something happened. They got disillusioned or hurt and they lost a perspective or they made a wrong move in life and uh, certain people that I looked up to no longer feel that church is the thing that they should do. And so I'm here just to encourage a little and to challenge and maybe if you're in one of those periods where you've got a little dulled in your faith, Maybe through the word of God today, there'll be a spark of encouragement that God will help us to be lifted, that he'll lift our eyes above our circumstances and our situations. And also it's important, isn't it, that we serve the Lord right through to the end, that we are able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And of course, there are obstacles and difficulties through life. We were never promised that there would be no difficulties, no pressures, no heartaches in our lives. And sometimes the church has not been good at preparing people for times of suffering. In fact, I do believe that some of the greatest breakthroughs come through seasons of suffering. In our own testimony, there were times of darkness and challenge that actually, as I look back, You don't thank God for the issue, but you thank God for what he did through that period of time, strengthening us on the inside. A man called John Adams said, Patience and perseverance have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. I do like that thought, that patience and perseverance, though they are hard and difficult things sometimes, there's a beauty that comes from those, those times of difficulty. And going to the scriptures, of course, we learn from Romans chapter 5 that suffering and pressure often is the environment for development. It says here, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. None of us would look for suffering, but here it seems as though there is a process that God in his mercy and grace will sometimes allow us to go through that actually develops us into the people he wants us to be. We become stronger. We find his grace in time of need. We find that actually there's more in us. We've sung of that. There's a a warrior that rises up on the inside because God is with us and by the Holy Spirit, he's not going to desert us. He's not going to leave us on our own. And just as it's important for individuals to know perseverance, I think that there are calls also to churches that are very special. It's as though there's a unique call upon particular churches. We find that when Jesus writes two books uh, in, in Revelation to the churches of Revelation. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 4, Paul writes, Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. So I think there's a word to churches to continue. There's a word to churches to press in and press through and believe God and get missional again. There is, through times of pressure and difficulty, there is a need for us as churches to recognize there's a call 
upon our churches to make a difference in our world. Imagine today what influence can happen from a meeting like this. People going into their places of education, places of health, family life, schools, universities, Christian influence beginning to soak through communities and bring change. And so we're gathered here, yes, to worship the Lord and to praise his holy name, but we're also here to be empowered and lifted up in order that our voice becomes influential because we will be surrounded by people who have no hope. We will be surrounded in our workplace by people that are not followers of Christ and some of them are in desperate situations at this time. We can be light and we can bring joy into those situations. So perseverance is a word for us as individuals. It's also a word for us as churches. And when I conclude, I want to pray that this church will be strengthened and, and empowered and given the ability to persevere into the next season with great strength. I really believe those things to be possible. So how is it practically possible? And I want to be as practical as I can this morning. Are there helps? It's one thing, isn't it, to say persevere, but it's not just a natural word, you know, pull yourself together. No, it's a spiritual thing that the scriptures speak of. And so I want to take you uh, to Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to pick out some principles that will help you and me to know how to, it's the how to persevere. There are helps in the scripture. God doesn't leave us on our own. He gives us information. He gives us help. And so we're going to just simply break a few verses down together and reflect on one or two of those things. And then we will pray that God will help all of us to persevere, to do well in life. And if there are people who are going through particular seasons of suffering, that through that God will bring you into a place of uh, great breakthrough and perseverance. And so if you'll come with me, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And firstly, in the first verse, the first point is this. Recognize who surrounds us. Recognize who surrounds us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. This chapter is going to talk about persevering and how we can keep moving forward. And there's a principle here right at the beginning. I think it will help all of us really practically, as we're saying, Lord, I want that spirit of perseverance, this first thing ought to really help us. Recognize who surrounds you. It says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I don't know if you've thought about that little phrase. It's a great phrase, isn't it? We're surrounded. We're surrounded by God's love, but we're also surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And I think that picture shows us all kinds of things. In fact, in Hebrews, we learn of the great men and women from scriptures who ran the race. Some of them were persecuted uh, greatly. Some of them were in great need, but they pressed on and they kept moving on. And it's almost as though they're in the grandstand cheering us on today. This cloud of witnesses, because they've made it, we can make it. But not only are we drawn to the scriptures and the great men and women of faith through the Old Testament and the New Testament, but think through the history of the church of Jesus. There are many names we could mention, people that changed history. 
men and women of faith that were instrumental in bringing change, even revival, uh, to the shores of many nations. And we thank God we're part of a rich heritage. You see, the Christian faith is rooted in history. There's a whole lot of people that have made it, and they are cheering us on, and we can make it, you can make it. And for many of them, they've gone through obstacles and pressures. In fact, today, in various parts of the world, as we know, there are people who are being persecuted for the faith. There are many martyrs of the faith, and that ought to encourage us in our world to keep on pressing on, recognize who surrounds us. The message puts it this way, all these pioneers that blaze the way. You see, we owe it to those who've gone before to keep on going. We owe it to pick up the baton and keep on running, keep on moving forward. And ladies and gentlemen, we owe it to our children. And we owe it to our grandchildren and those that are to come. And those that are yet not born because we need this gospel of Jesus Christ to be sounded abroad. And we need the, the influence of the Holy Spirit in our day, perhaps more than ever before. Recognize who surrounds us. And it's great, isn't it, if we were to look round. We're surrounded by friends today. You're not on your own. You're not in a place of isolation. You know, the COVID years didn't help, did they? Putting us into isolation. Human beings were not meant to be in isolation for too long. It's not good for man to be alone. And that's why the community of faith is so vital. And that's why I encourage people to gather again, to get back into fellowship. Because perspective changes when you've got friends around you. I'm thankful to God on the darkest days of our lives, you can phone a friend. I'm thankful to God that when you really need it, there are people to the left and people to the right that will hold up your arms. Even Moses gets tired and needs, needs his hands to be lifted high. We're in days when we need to be encouraging one another. You know, I don't know how it is as much here, but in the UK, we tend to start with things half empty uh, rather than half full. We tend to see the darker side of life. It's possibly something to do with the weather. And so, you know, that's the usual question. You know, what's the weather like today? Well, it's a silly question because we know what the weather's going to be like. And, and so that creeps into the church where we start to talk about the difficulty and the pressure and the problem and the financial difficulties, all of those, it's appropriate to talk through. But we ought to lift our speech to a higher level and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. We ought to be in a position where we say, God's got it. He's in control. It may feel that your life is, is ebbing away or you're finding that it's very difficult to stand in faith, but you need to read the end of the book we thank God that there is victory through Christ, his death and resurrection. And in that passage from Romans, it brings us to a place of hope. We can hope in the Lord. It's not hope for the best. It's a hope that's grounded in the finished work of Christ. And we're thankful today for the fact that we are surrounded by people. I hope you've got some friends. It's important that we make friends. It's important that we are accountable. You know, sometimes at leadership level, people use this word accountable a lot, but you never know whether a person's accountable until they're held to account. It's when you say no that you then find out whether there's accountability. And I'm thankful that there are a few quality people in my life that will tell me 
uh, exactly what they need to tell me. It's important that we're accountable. Even in terms of bringing ministry, I try to be really accountable. That's why I read books and commentaries from established people of history that I trust. But also, I've got one or two trusted friends, one in particular. The difference between him and me is brain power. He has brain power. And, uh, and he's also very qualified theologically. Reads Greek, Hebrew, a little bit of Latin. He came to Lincoln where there's a copy of the Magna Carta and the person that was curating couldn't read the text, but my friend Jack read the Magna Carta. And, uh, you know, it's like that. So occasionally, if I feel that I've got some great revelation from the scriptures, I'll ring him and say, Jack, I think I've seen something in the scriptures today that I've never read in a commentary. What do you think? And I've got to be ready when he says it's not in the original. I have to be ready when he said, I think you've pushed that point a little bit too far. But thankfully, on occasions, he says, yes, go for it. And then your ministry is endorsed and you feel good. What I'm saying is this, surround yourself. You are surrounded by a host of witnesses. And we owe it to one another to keep on going. And so that's the first thing. Recognize who surrounds you. Secondly, get rid of stuff. That's British, stuff. Get rid of stuff. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The picture here is of a race, and if you're in a race, you wouldn't be carrying baggage. You wouldn't be carrying things on your shoulders. If you want to win the race or if you want to finish the race, you've got to be in a place where there's nothing that entangles your run. And I believe here's some common sense from Scripture that says if you are wanting to persevere, there are things that you need to get rid of. There are principles in Scripture and the Holy Spirit will work in all of us that are followers of Christ and just pinpoint certain things that need to change. It could be a, a relationship that will take us the wrong way. It could be a job that perhaps we uh, were putting before the things of faith. It could be a family issue or a financial issue that the Holy Spirit shows you uh, something about. And I think it's important in these days particularly to know what it is to hear the voice of the Spirit inwardly, knowing, you know, sometimes this is the way, walk in it. And so we need to get rid of things that will entangle us. And this isn't just for young people. Sometimes this is a, a malaise that comes people in midlife crisis where they're going through a particular time and season and they feel that they've been robbed of things in their lives. And it's at those times you've just got to say, I don't want things to entangle me. I want to live a pure life. Again, the message says this, strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. That little word parasitic means there are sometimes sins that get under your skin. Sometimes sins that start to work through your system and you don't even know that you're like that. You start to begin to be edgy at home and you lose your temper at work and you begin to move out of that place where you know the blessing of God is on your life. I think there's a word here for all of us that says, get rid of those entanglements. 
Let the Holy Spirit purify our systems, spiritually speaking, in order that we're able to run the race. So running the race is the picture here. Get rid of stuff. And then thirdly, run the race marked out. Run the race marked out. It goes on to say, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? There's a race marked out for us. There's a place and a destiny for every one of us. We are all uniquely made in the image of God. God has a plan for your life. Sometimes we think plans are for special people. The plans of God are just for some higher spiritual realm of people. No, the plans of God are for us all. You are special in his sight. God wants you to prosper in your life. And he wants you to walk in his ways. The steps of a righteous person, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord. One step at a time. One drip of the tap. Keep on going. Keep on walking a step at a time. Sometimes you can't see too far ahead, but keep on walking and God will bless you. Run the race marked out for you. God has a plan for your life. Next in verse 2, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Now, we would all say, look to Jesus, wouldn't we? And I want to be really practical. You may be saying, how do I do that? How do I really look to Jesus? Well, it's vitally important that we know who Jesus is, that we read the scriptures, that we learn of him. That we recognize he's not just a person among many people. He is actually the divine son of God, the incarnate word made flesh. He is the different one. He's altogether lovely. And therefore we need to fix our thoughts on him. And sometimes when you are in your darkest days, begin to reflect on who Jesus is. And reflect on his darkest days. For it was at the cross our redemption was brought. And Jesus is the most wonderful. He is lovely. He is altogether wonderful. And as we fix our eyes, that's a strong word, fix your attention upon him. Don't get diverted by things and people and issues and jobs. Keep our attention where the real issue is. You see, life is so short. As you begin to get older, you think, where did all that time go? I think it's five years ago that I came in onto this platform. I think it can't be five years. It seems just like yesterday. Uh, you may well have all have forgotten, of course. But, uh, but I was thinking, where did all that time go? And therefore, every day matters. And what we do with our time and our talents and our gifts really, really matters. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. And remember the focus of his mission should be our focus also. Fix your eyes. Then in verse 3, direct your thoughts. Verse 3 says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. Consider what he has done. Consider his life. Reflect upon it. Direct your thoughts there. Consider him who endured 
opposition. I think that as we consider him and what he did, then it does, does give a perspective into our lives so that through the hard times of our lives, we will fix our eyes on Jesus, but we'll, we'll, we'll direct our thoughts. Can I just digress here and say, I think thought life, it's very, very important. We learn some of the principles of scripture to be able to take certain thoughts captive under the Lordship of Christ. Lots of people are thinking about lots of things today. There are many, many voices. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to be able to reflect on what he is saying. Direct your thoughts. And maybe uh, today across this congregation there will be all kinds of thoughts. Anxious thoughts. Fearful thoughts. Something perhaps came into your life that you're facing today and you're thinking the worst. And these are natural thoughts but I believe that as we fix our attention upon Jesus and, and don't hold back from faith, then as we do that, we can fix our thoughts on who Jesus is. And we have declared, sometimes, you know, we declare things in songs, like, I believe today that Jesus heals. I believe that demons are subject to him. We sing it, and it's very important we believe it. Jesus heals today. We have testimonies in our own family. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Pick your thoughts up from the ground and from the darkness of society. Pick your thoughts up from the media spin that is almost out of control. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus and bring all of our thoughts captive and say, I don't understand this. This storm we're going through, I don't understand this. But I know that the Jesus who stilled the storm literally 2,000 years ago is with me today. He's in my boat and he's able to still the storm. It only took two words from Jesus, didn't it? Be still. You can almost feel it, can't you? And the storm stops. It's almost like Jesus speaking to a pet dog. Down, boy. And that's the power and authority that Jesus has. And we need to walk in that authority again. And we need to declare some bold and courageous things again. We need to define ourselves as believers in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to believe in gifts of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. We are people with a difference. And sometimes we've been dulled in the faith and we've been disappointed in so many ways. But that does, mean, does not mean that truth has changed. Truth of the word of God still stands. And it's that truth that will help us stand. And our churches need to be charismatic again in the best sense of the word. We need the Holy Spirit desperately. We need the flow of the Spirit in our lives. Direct your thoughts. Not easy to do. When I came out of the certain lockdown things, thinking about what do we do with the church, what do we do with this, what do we do with that, and it felt a little confusing. And it took some time to say, I've got to get these thoughts subject to what God says. And that's not easy. Pray for your leaders today. It isn't easy. It's perhaps one of the most difficult times to lead. And it's not just in the church. In your place of work, it's very difficult to lead uh, and to oversee things. And I just want to encourage us, as I begin to bring these thoughts to a conclusion, direct your thoughts 
Lift your, lift your thoughts. Believe again. Come from the edges. And perhaps there may be one or two people online and you've opted not to gather. I'd love to encourage you to think again. I really think it's important sometimes to leave the comfort of our homes and uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, get out of your pajamas and get, you get your clothes on and get into the house of the Lord. And I'm going home tonight, so I can say that. <laughs> so God bless you in that. Direct your thoughts. The next thing you'll find in verse 6 and following, trust your father. Trust your father. Verse 6 says, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I believe there's something important here about the father's love. We need to receive the father's love again. He is a good, good father. Never question the goodness of God. He's good all the time. He's love. He is love. He's good all the time. And this word discipline, I never understood why, why discipline when I was a boy. My parents would say, you need to understand this is good for you. I didn't quite understand that at the time. But looking back, I understand it now. You see, the good father disciplines those he loves. Verse 10, but God disciplines us for our good and then it becomes productive in our life. For verse 11 says, It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Not only is the word perseverance important today, the word discipleship is a vital word today. We need to determine who the disciples of Jesus are, those that will genuinely follow Jesus. And that's not always an easy thing. You see, God can be trusted to help us. He's with us in the storm. In our weakness, we receive his strength. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Again, we need to understand there's an evil one at work, and we will be protected from his power and authority as we come under the authority of Jesus. And so... Verse 12, receive strength, receive strength. Verse 12, therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Here's a picture of a person that's just plain tired, unable to stand with strength. And I believe that this message says perseverance means that we're trusting God for strength. That strength will be given to us, that the feebleness of where we've got to, we will be strengthened again. You know, when Moses died, God said to Joshua, be strong. He said it a number of times. Be strong. Be very strong. Because fundamentally, all of us feel weak in times of pressure. Would you like to have taken thousands and thousands of people into a land you'd not been in? And in that land, there are giants and there are walled cities. Would you have said, please take me? No, you needed strength. To do the things that God calls us to, we need strength from God. And you need strength from God. Perhaps you're just plain tired today. Anxious thoughts have flooded your mind. I think perhaps suicide and anxious thoughts are the biggest thing in the region where I come from. Especially suicide among young men. And it's a thing that we're troubled by in the church. And I believe it's time to declare, be strong. 
It's not time for giving up and opting out. It's time to trust the Lord for strength. Receive strength. And my final word is be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. Verse 13, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. The last terrain you want to run on is things that will trip you up. You need to ask that God will smooth your path, that you will walk carefully the way that he guides and the way that he leads. Proverbs 5 verse 26 says, Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. There are some ways that people are taking today that is just plain sinking sand. But we can walk on a firm foundation. That foundation is Christ. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is everything. If we can elevate Jesus and praise his name today, then half the battle's won. If we can recognize his authority over the storms of life, if we can submit to him and keep on going. My prayer is that we will persevere. And here's my last verse and last thought from uh, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5 says this. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. If you could take that into the week ahead, into your busy world, I think it will help you. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love. There's nothing like the love of God and Christ's perseverance who endured the cross, who went all the way to Calvary. And of course, he is risen as victor. So will you join me in prayer? I want to pray for two things. I'd love to pray for you personally as an individual that you will find strength from the scriptures today and that you will persevere in life. Maybe you've felt, I'm not going to be doing as much for the Lord as I thought I was. Maybe you've opted to watch rather than to be um, committed in. Perhaps you've given up serving. Perhaps there are things that the Holy Spirit will speak to you about. I'm not saying get busy, 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 but I am saying be fruitful. And out of that fruitfulness, I believe we will multiply. And the second prayer is for you at Hatfield as a church um, that you will be marked out by a spirit of perseverance, that this will be a strong church and we'll speak that into every part, every hub, every group, all the finances, to speak into the ministry, into pastors that are a little bit phased at the moment, to speak strength into the fabulous musicians and worship team, which were really excellent today. Uh, those guitar licks were something else, really good. I was a rock star, remember that. <laughs> so we're going to pray. Will you join me? If you personally, from God's word today, are saying, I need strength, I need help. Perhaps you want to hold your hands out symbolically for the Lord's presence. I do believe that prayers like this change things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your divine word. 
Thank you for that cloud of witnesses that proved this to be true. And now we're in your presence. I pray for brothers and sisters in this room today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Shalom, that you will know the peace of God which passes all understanding. That you will know the presence of God in new ways. That you'll be filled afresh with his Holy Spirit and you'll be granted strength. And I'm just going to pray that sentence. Be strong in the Lord. And when I declare it over you, will you receive it from heaven? In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, be strong. Receive strength in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that from this gathering, things are going to untangle. I pray, Lord, that situations are going to change. Storms are going to be stilled in Jesus' name. People that are up against it, who are really facing some issues, will know they're surrounded by people that can help. Those that are carrying anxious thoughts, I just speak shalom, shalom in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I want to pray for Hatfield. In one sense, I feel, who am I to pray for Hatfield? <laughs> I genuinely feel that, but I want to pray for you as a church. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I speak strength into Hatfield Church. I pray into the hubs, into the mechanisms, into the organizations, into the finances, into the small groups, into the men's ministry, women's ministry, into the worship team into the preaching team, into the pastoral team. Be strong, be very strong. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and grant you shalom, peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Stewart. I'm going to invite people that want to respond for prayer this morning, that the front section of our church is always available. and We have a team that would want to really love the opportunity to pray for you. I felt just specifically two things in my heart as, as Stuart was speaking now. I felt for people that you've been in a situation of compounded struggle and strength, one thing on top of the next. You know where we go through seasons where, it, where we, we pray, can't these things come one at a time? But they keep coming in, in clumps and bunches. And sometimes we have to deal with things and we, we're fighting our way through and it just doesn't feel like it's ending. And perhaps you've been in a prolonged period of time. I think it's a hallmark of this time period. You know, we had COVID and post-COVID we have got as a nation some other challenges, load shedding, all of these things, there's this compound effect. And perhaps you're just feeling it personally. It's wearing you down. Your strength is starting to feel like it's failing. I felt for if people like that particularly are sense, the Lord wants to just be present and near to you today. The second group of people I felt to specifically just highlight are people that feel that you're going at this alone. 
that you're looking at your challenges and you're going, if only I had support, if only I had people around me, if only others would do what they're supposed to, I could make it. But because I'm on my own, I feel I'm not going to make it. And I, I just sense particularly, come forward, let somebody pray with you because you're not alone. One of the most dangerous lies the enemy can get us to believe is that we are alone, that we are on our own. But we're never alone. And come forward this morning and come and allow the Holy Spirit to come and be present with you. And I, I want to say then, just lastly, I receive that prayer for us as a church, as a community. We're a strong community. We have stood strong through very difficult times. And we will continue to stand strong. Amen. Do you agree with that? And we will continue to lay hold of that for which we have been taken hold of. And we will be strengthened. We take that challenge and that encouragement to be strengthened even more in that which the Lord has for us. God is not asking less of Hatfield. He's asking more from Hatfield. God has more that He has in store for us. Do you believe that with me? There are greater things ahead of us. And we're trusting the Lord for that. Neil started this year with that word from Zechariah 8. Strengthen your hands. Remember that when he shared that with us? Strengthen your hands. And we say, yes, Lord, strengthen our hands. So I'm going to end with a prayer and then going to release you. And as I pray, then the team will pick up for us and, and just create a facilitate a space for you to come forward as you just come and allow the Holy Spirit to just strengthen you, help you to do those very practical things that Stuart spoke of, but to know that you're not alone. There's a warrior inside of you also. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this word. We receive it as a word from you. We prophetically respond to you also as a community. And we say, yes, Lord, strengthen us for the task ahead. But I pray right now, Lord, that every individual here in this building, those that are with us online, those that will listen to this message on the radio, will right in this moment sense your love and your grace and your presence with them in Jesus' name. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me. Help me to fix my eyes. Help me to throw off the things that are entangled. Help me to keep my mind focused on what you have for me and what you're asking and you're calling. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please come forward for prayer. The team's going to lead us in a last song, but you're also welcome if you want to go. We'll see you next week. We're next week, we have Pastor Dwayne with us from, from Texas, so we look forward to that. And then those of you that want to go to the Connect Lounge and meet Lena there, please do that and find out more about the church. May the Lord bless you.